Good morning, Tom. Morning, Paul. How you doing? Doing well. We have some sun today. I know it's beautiful in San Francisco. Yes. Oh, it's it's funny you bring that up actually because it's something I was thinking about on my walk over here. Uh, I was just thinking, checking in with myself what had happened over the past week uh, that I would want to bring up on the podcast. And one tiny little detail that had stood out to me this week was we've had a, a string of really bad weather days here in, in San Francisco for most of January. Yeah. And bad weather here just means cloudy mostly and like still 50 degrees or whatever. Yeah. And then there was one really sunny day this week and everyone in our office was so happy that day. And it made me realize it, it I thought of Marcus a little bit because it feels like a lesson in how we are at the mercy of forces yeah. beyond our control. Yeah. And we are less autonomous maybe than we think we're we're more just like puny little beings yeah at the mercy of a much bigger universe because our moods are dictated much more obviously by the weather and things that i had appreciated maybe let clotho spin you yeah that's yeah exactly that's that's a quite poignant actually i wonder if marcus i feel like that's not what marcus believes like he he thinks yeah. that you should be in control of your emotions despite everything going like it's the rock and the ocean analogy that he uses but that's interesting yeah i hear that for sure that he sat he yeah stoicism often it like go, implies emotions are always a thing that are in your, your control. control but i also think yeah. like he would say too that you know we respond to the beauty of nature or other things because we were made to do that and it's not wrong to you know, because it's rainy be grumpy or because it's sunny be happy that that's a part of our nature yeah yeah too but I, I think that's an interesting tension. That's a tension Wait. in the book where I think it yeah. might come down to interpretation. Yeah. Because it's – you're right that it depends on how you interpret his statement about be the rock and the ocean and stuff because – I want to – let's give him the generous interpretation that he recognizes that emotions are just caused by externalities and that's yeah. just part of it. And I think that's right. I think yeah. I prefer that reading Yeah, for sure where yeah. I think he – being the rock is like – something you can do yeah strategically but it doesn't mean yeah. always be a rock yeah you know? i feel like um if you're a woman it's much more obvious <laughs> that's the case okay sorry i'm gonna get into gender things now <laughs> yeah yeah okay but i think that's it's very you have a monthly cycle where it's like there are moods that happen at different times in that month that's true whereas like guys are i think we also probably have some kind of cycle but it's yeah. less obvious yeah for sure so I, yeah yeah and, and i think there's like i guess you're bringing up some biological stuff but i think there's also cultural stuff that is sure. like about our expectations of how we perform our emotions and for better or worse i don't know if this is marcus winning exactly but somehow the culture we live in now i think has adopted a certain amount of stoicism in its expectations of men and how they perform their emotions mm. in general i think mm. we do live in a culture where men are expected to do that thing where they yeah. are the rock and that has advantages and it also has disadvantages where i think mm. it means bottling stuff up and yeah. not really listening to it so i think yeah so maybe if marcus was a woman <laughs> yeah the philosophy would have been a bit deeper <laughs> or something like yeah that's because because well, i guess we're, we're probably on the same page that it's better to acknowledge that you know, that sometimes you're sad and that's just how it is and that's okay. Then it is to have to always be stoic or have to always be stable. Yeah, I think it's maybe a little more 
like situational than that. I think this circles back to conversations we've had earlier where stoicism, ha I think, has persisted in, in human consciousness in part because in very specific situations, it's a really useful sure, philosophy sure, sure, for sure. warriors and other folks who, yeah. for whom... You fell into a hole, yeah, you can't get out. For people who just need to... Hole fallers. Get into, who are in some kind of situation where they just need to yeah, execute. Persevere. It's a really good philosophy for those kinds of people. But yes, I think it yeah. is a mistake to think that it's a good philosophy all the time or that it answers sure, everyone's sure. questions for every, every situation. Sure, sure, sure. That's fair. So we made a joke. Speaking of mood swings that happen <laughs> biologically, okay? <laughs> My wife, Upasna, yeah. is, has a very open relationship with her manager. She tells her manager her sort of stage of her cycle. Yeah. And she jokes, she, she half joked that maybe she should put it on her calendar. And in fact, <laughs> maybe she should put it and invite all her teammates to the event <laughs> just so that they know. This is, okay, this and is the, a funny joke. And then the joke continued that maybe I should put her <laughs> schedule on my calendar. Um, you know, but but I think there's, so jokes aside, I think there might be some value in that mm. in the sense that it gives someone else a little bit more empathy. Yeah. Like it helps me as a partner to know which stage of her cycle she's in. Not, I'm not trying to throw her under the bus for having like very yeah. big mood swings, but yeah. even knowing that a small little reaction or whatever, oh, okay, that she's, she is in That's, that period. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if that, do you think in 50 years, everyone's cycle will be on their work calendar? <laughs> oh, I guess I'm taking it one step further mentally and saying, just should we all just have some kind of like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mood indicator, Slack status. Feeling mad today. Here's, here's <laughs> yeah. my little emoji face that describes yeah. what's going yeah. on with me. And maybe you don't need to explain why yeah. you feel that way. Yeah. Um, would that be good? Would it be helpful for me to know that my coworker <laughs> feels grouchy for unknown reason today? Probably. I'm a fan of this stuff. Yeah. What in general, like bringing your whole self to work or whatever. Yeah. But I have learned over time that not everyone feels that way. Yeah. And a lot of people that's... want there to be a strong barrier between their professional and personal lives. Yeah, I think that's true. And I try to push it as, as, <laughs> as a founder and CEO. I try to push it, but I, I can only push it so far. Yes, yes. Um, I, I totally know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I guess to answer your question, based on that, yeah. I think 50 years from now, we will still not have everybody re yeah. reporting publicly. Some people will, though. Maybe. Yeah. I, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's it's hard to imagine that it'll be mandated. That feels 1984. Yes. So it'll be optional, but acceptable. <laughs> yeah. That okay. seems, that that's, seems... that's a nice place to be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right. Cool. Okay. We're we've, in book five. We've started book five, and I have to say, book four took us a while to get through and i was so relieved that we had finally gotten to book five and then in our first episode on book five i believe we read four bullet yeah, points we did. which is a pace at which we will never, we will never, never this ever is a podcast finish. that will never asymptotically approaches the end of the meditations yeah. but never actually reaches it that's right so i think all right let's dive in let's do to it book five and start i gotta say the first part of book five was a banger though. yes I, we, we got the whole getting out of bed yes saga which yep. was great. Yeah. I am going to still order those, uh, the, that signage. What does it say? But it's so comfy. But it's nicer it's here. Nice. Dot, yes. Dot dash Marcus Aurelius. Yeah, yes. that's right. Okay. I believe we're at entry number five here in book five. Let's do it. No one could ever accuse you of being quick-witted. What? I think he's talking it's, to himself. Oh. Is he insulting me? Okay, fine. <laughs> yes, it's, <laughs> I think because this is a book written to himself, I think he's okay. saying to himself, 
Marcus, you're not that funny. One of the things about you is you're not <laughs> quick with it. Which okay. I tried. That's Gans. Good for him. Yes, Gans. <laughs> All right. But there are plenty of other things you can't claim you haven't got in you. Okay. Practice the virtues you can show. Honesty, gravity, endurance, austerity, resignation, abstinence, patience, sincerity, moderation, seriousness, high-mindedness. Don't you see how much you have to offer beyond excuses like can't, and yet you still settle for less? Wow. Or is it some inborn condition that makes you whiny and grasping <laughs> and obsequious, makes you complain about your body and curry favor and show off and leaves you so turbulent inside? Wow. No. You could have broken free a long way back, and then you would have been only a little slow, not so quick on the update. <laughs> And you need to work on that as well, that slowness. What? Not something to be ignored, let alone to prize. Wow. Okay, he's being really hard on himself. He's being very mean to himself. He's I like, wonder what is going on for Marcus. Yeah. Yes. Okay, this is the perfect time to share a fact that I learned okay. by reading history. Please. So Marcus, this is somehow recorded. It's 2,000 years ago, but we know about this. Okay. He is in Rome, and okay. it was one, few, one, of, one of the few occasions traveling back to the capital. Okay. And he goes to a theater showing a like a, I don't know, musical, whatever. Okay. And he's in the audience, but they're performing the same skit that they would normally perform on Tuesday nights or whatever. Okay. And the skit includes a a pun on Tritibus or something like that, which is the name okay. of, so they say in response to something, and that sort of, the joke is that's essentially Tritibus, which okay. is the name of his wife's supposed lover. Okay. Like I that see. she's cheating on Marcus with. Got it. Okay. So this might not sit well with Marcus. And he is known in history, at least written down in history, to have not reacted to that. I say. And wow. just he <laughs> just sits through it. He doesn't. Yeah, I don't think he even punishes the actors. Wow. And he just sits through it. And apparently, the yeah. Roman people thought he was for doing that. I say. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, so here, so I think this is. That's what I'm imagining he's thinking about as he writes this. He's, I wish I had some funny qu- yeah. Yeah, so you quip. Th- you think that happened to him, and then he was like, oh, shit, what do I do now? And he just froze. He just froze. No he's trying to come back with – he's trying to have a comeback. Yeah. And he couldn't think of anything, so he just sits there, <laughs> and everyone there, looks at him. And then the whole theater performance goes on, and he leaves, and yeah. he still hasn't thought of what he's going to do. Yeah, yeah. Say. Two days later, he thinks of a comeback. Yeah. Like, it's too late. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That does. It's funny to hear he's doing one of another of his famous list of virtues yeah. things here. An even longer one than useful. But I have to say, all of these ones, they do sound like the Marcus I know. Honestly, I bet gravity. gravity is one of the things that he's <laughs> capable of performing regularly. And so, resignation, austerity, <laughs> abstinence. Yeah. yeah, I think that list actually really reveals maybe more yeah. than usual yeah. a pretty clear understanding of himself and yeah. what he's good at yeah because they certainly all match what we seem to know about yeah. him from yeah. reading this yeah text yeah but he's it is interesting that he's being so hard on himself about oh, this so hard but he seems to yeah. a recognize that he has a bunch of these virtues not the most fun ones necessarily but they are <laughs> virtues and but then the rest of this entry is yeah. about how don't Use them and don't just say, "Oh, I can't be quick-witted," yeah, or whatever. Um, I, what I what I, what really irks me is the last sentence, and you need to work on that as well. That yeah. slowness. That, oh, that's so gross. I wish he hadn't. I wish he ended it. Yeah. At the part where he's, I have all these other virtues and that's okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, the second, the whole second half. This bit about is it some inborn condition that, that makes, makes you whiny and grasping yeah, obscene? I know it's horrible. Wow, is very mean. It's maybe the meanest you've ever heard him be to himself. Yeah, anyway. poor guy. Yeah, poor little. He's getting made fun of. His wife apparently. Historians are split on whether there was actually any uh, anything going on where his wife. Right. Like it might all just have been rumor, political, yeah. politically driven rumor. Yeah. And he just sits through it. Like, he's yeah. the emperor. He could have everyone in that theater killed. Yeah. Yep. It's insane. And he doesn't do it. I don't know. I think it might actually be wrong politically not, not to, to have done something. Not to have there be some consequences. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's fascinating. We've talked about this before. Yes, that the amount of power he had available to him and the way he chose to use it is still mystifying to me, even when I understand yeah. what this, how this philosophy Let's try to explain that moment using his philosophy. Yeah. You're in this theater. Yeah. You're the emperor. Yeah. The people need to have a good time. Like, it's appropriate for the people to... to... <laughs> Insert list of, like, whenever he insults uh, yes, people the for... common idiots. The common idiots. Yeah. And yes, he's like, my, I'm above These are this. my people. These are my people, yeah. They need to... It's healthy or normal for them or whatever to... Yeah. Let them fun. think that I have yeah. problems in my life. Yeah. And they're small-minded or whatever, yeah. but they can't help that. They think that my wife was cheating on me. That's cute. Yeah. <laughs> that would be very big of him, but yeah. then this doesn't make me think that's Yeah, that's true. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. hard to square that high-mindedness with... And you need to work on that as well. Yeah, what's wrong with that you, slowness. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I have had this internal monologue, this internal conversation around... Whoa, quick-wittedness is not one of your talents. It's actually yeah. something I've had with myself. Okay. Because I am I do surround, whatever, you don't need to say anything. But okay. I do surround myself with people who are, like, I think very funny. And yeah. so I tend to, so the way I have this conversation with myself, or I, I maybe I, I think about this less often now as I'm more, more comfortable in my own skin as I've gotten older. But yeah. it's my, I'm the laugher. <laughs> like boy yeah. would it be would it boy would it suck not to have a laugher in the group that's right and to have everyone be the jokester yeah and so i'm a pretty good laugher and i'm enjoy i get to enjoy for sure and, i think that's uh, a lovely perspective yeah and i think you're funny by the way i don't i think you're, you're selling yourself short. yeah but um i need to work on that slowness tom <laughs> not so quick on the outside <laughs> don't think that's true but no, boy but, this yeah have we ever this really feels like Marcus actually, it feels more like a diary in some ways. Yeah, Marcus that's actually true. confessing that's a true. substantial insecurity that's true. about himself. That's true. In a way that I feel like we have not yet that's really true. encountered that's true. in text. That's true. Yeah, no, this sort of goes against what we were saying last time, that this he knew that this would get published and this yeah. was just propaganda. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, this does not feel like something that's, cool. that's intended for publication. That's cool. I wonder, yeah, we're probably oversimplifying matters by saying, it was all intended for a publication, mm-hmm. or it wasn't. It's probably, mm-hmm. he starts writing some stuff down, and some mm-hmm. of it's personal, and some of it, maybe it's going to be a book later. And it's and in the end, he dies, and they all just, they squish it all together, and it just goes out. And some yeah. of it he meant it to have, yeah. it's yeah. probably a mix. That's probably true. Yeah. yeah. Wow, what a, that was cool. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'm feeling like he intentionally or otherwise who knows he's done something with the structure of this book where the first couple of chapters are a warm-up or so he's like easing into it yeah and and then i don't know he finds his stride or he starts writing a little more creatively and uniquely a little bit later in the book yeah no this is getting better and better i agree where are we headed (laughs) yes wow well nowhere to go but up here okay entry number six some people when they do someone a favor are always looking for a chance to call it in. And some aren't, but they're still aware of it, still regard it as a debt. 
But others don't even do that. They're like a vine that produces grapes without looking for anything in return. A horse at the end of the race, hmm. a dog when the hunt is over, a bee with its honey stored, and a human being after helping others. Awesome. They don't make a fuss about it. They just go on to something else as the vine looks forward to bearing fruit again in season. We should be like that, acting almost unconsciously. And then there's a dash here, which I think is a, means he's responding to himself. Yes, except conscious of it. Because it's characteristic of social beings that they see themselves as acting socially and expect their neighbors to see it too. Hmm. That's true, but you're misunderstanding me. <laughs> wow. This is the original speaker. It's a okay. little hard to follow in the text, but I think he's. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a dialogue going on there. That's true, but you're misunderstanding me. You'll wind up like the people I mentioned before, misled by plausible reasoning. But if you make an effort to understand what I'm saying, then you won't need to worry about neglecting your social duty. Whoa. I love this debate with himself yeah, he's thing doing that he's doing more. Socratic y thing. Yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. Human beings are, yes satisfied and full of their purpose when they've helped others basically um cool perspective cool perspective yeah like it like two, two thumbs up Marcus. a bee when the honey is stored yes a dog yeah. when the hunt is over a horse at the end of the race these are satisfied beings yeah that have done the, that have thing, done the thing they were supposed to do meant to do yes yeah. exactly yeah. that's cool interesting little dialogue at the end though about the question of to what extent should we be conscious of the help that we have offered to others one speaker says the best is to be complete almost completely unconscious of it mm -hmm. and the other says no we're social we should be conscious of it but still act mm -hmm. so the action is clear and it's a question of like how should we relate to our mm -hmm. helpfulness mm -hmm. i have to say i'm sympathetic to the second person mm -hmm. who says don't put it out of your mind don't mm -hmm. don't pretend you oh i'm so i don't i wasn't i didn't even realize i was helping you or mm -hmm. whatever i think for me, there's a way that no. if, if you can be of service to other people, you can be grateful for that and mindful of it in a way that's satisfying. But he's the yeah. first person is saying it's dangerous because then you become a tally keeper, whatever tally this, keeper, this yeah. guy owes, owes me that. Okay, so, I, so it's cool that you took that side. I'm going to take the other side because sure. I, I think that tally keeping, if you just – think about it not as like a society but just on, on a personal level yeah tally keeping is is an emotionally draining activity totally. that is hard on the yeah on the brain like it just then you're just waiting for something to happen you don't know yeah. what's going on in the other person's right. life maybe they have yeah. a crazy crisis that's causing them not to not to be able to do something back for you and it is yeah it's just draining to have to do tally keeping yes i agree with that and, and so and it's wrong to expect fairness but like yeah like yeah. there's tally keeping or the, the first kind of person he's describing here yeah has this like notion that it will all be equaled out yeah in the end yeah and i agree i think that's a mistake right but i think there is a way to just hold hey i did a nice thing for this person yeah and no one's gonna and I didn't do no it. Gonna pat you on I back didn't for it. do it in yeah. any kind of expectation yeah, yeah, yeah. that I was going to get paid That's back fair. for it. But it still is a part of who I am that I do those things. And yeah, I, shouldn't, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't pretend that it's not. Yeah, that's true. That the part that the, the part that I yeah that I agree with about that is is you might as well feel good about what you're doing. Totally, it's yeah. like a honey. A bee should feel good about yeah. storing honey. Yeah. A, a horse should feel good yeah, about the finishing dog the race. Is allowed to be happy at the, at the end, end of the hunt. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, yeah. Don't make a fuss about it. I wonder, yeah, I wonder if this is another interpretation thing mm -hmm. that he's, 
in either scenario, you can still be happy, but as yeah. long as you don't make a fuss. Yeah, don't. Yes, and I think we can... We could cut yeah. that down however we want, but... Right, but I think, big picture, it's hard not to agree with that. Yeah. But like, we all can imagine the person who yeah. does something nice for each other, and th- or for another person, and then wants a bunch of attention for the nice thing that they did. Yeah. And that sucks, and we get why yeah. that sucks. The grapes analogy is fantastic, yes, right? Grapes, grapes produce... The yeah. vines produce grapes every year, yeah. and every year they get taken away. Yes. And it does it again. Yeah. So you're really getting nothing in return. Yeah, for, that is like, maybe too extreme in the sense that we don't have a concept that the vines are really feeling much. And that's why it's a good metaphor, because they're doing it without needing any incentive to do yeah. it. But it's, it breaks down at the end, I think, because it raises this question of, should we even be conscious of the nice things we do? And I think it's okay for us to be conscious mm-hmm. of the nice things we do, mm-hmm. even though the vine can't be, or we think the vine is not conscious of the grapes that it's making and giving. But it's still, it's still nice. Yeah, I like it, but I... It requires a kind of like selfishness or obliviousness or yeah. something that I I I want to push back against a little bit. Like, yeah, I think it's hard to design a societal structure where people behave as that vine and literally get nothing in return for yes. the things they do, totally. and have that still be a good society. Yeah. I could there's a small there are small small scenarios where I could see that happen. Right, in some ways, being a parent is a little bit like this. Yeah, you give it you you invest so much into this this thing and then it goes off and maybe it doesn't see you again yeah and that's and yeah you didn't get anything in return yeah but it's still a good thing yeah it's yeah i I totally agree i think to me this is a description of people who are functioning at like the absolute top of the maslow's hierarchy of needs yeah this is what a self-actualized person or whatever is capable of doing yeah but you're totally right that in societies and stuff need to account for the fact that a lot of people are not do not have all their needs met and therefore can't mm. do this because they, they need stuff in return for the, the work they do or the sure. figures. I guess it's a question of the time frame in which you get something in return. Technically the grape is planted and is cared and, and, and the, and the like insects are kept off of it. And yeah. there are things that in a very long time frame it gets in return it for gets, the grapes. It gets in return. Yeah. Yeah. We get, metaphysical there very fast because we returning to your parent example yeah it's not clear really yeah in this their kids never really fully pay them back in, True. in this life and you can ask questions about maybe in a, some future life or something they get the karma back but um, yeah 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 it's cool it's a cool uh analogy yeah yeah i like it too for sure and it feels very universal be like a vine that produces grapes without looking for anything in return if you told me that was in the bible or some oh totally just i'd be like yep yep, no that's right yeah yeah marcus is the head of state religion yeah exactly so this this feels just a nice little sort of religious metaphor that almost any religion could believably adopt next time Upi does their dishes i'll let her know that she's like she's like a vine producing grapes and she should expect nothing in return don't make a fuss about it i'm sure she'll appreciate yeah yes you will be receiving no gratitude just go on with something else as the vine looks forward to bearing fruit again in in season (laughs) my love yeah (laughs) you're encouraging her to uh self-actualize right yes i'm just exactly (laughs) ascend the the maslow's hierarchy yeah 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 okay number seven Prayer of the Athenians. Zeus rained down on the land and fields of Athens. Either no prayers at all, or one as straightforward as that. <laughs> okay, so this prayer rules. It's, <laughs> is, it's cool. It's specific? Is that what he likes about it? I, yeah. It's, it's also 
It's just a straight up request. There's no. I, I mean, I'm just guessing as to what he. Oh, means. there's no fluff. There's no fluff. He, the, yeah. Oh, great Zeus, you're yeah, the best. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Hey Zeus, give me some rain. Is what this, <laughs> is what this prayer says. It's, yeah. And there's no self debasement. There's no awesome. even though I don't Humble de- even though I don't yeah. deserve it. Yeah. Give me some rain. It's okay. just okay. I need rain. <laughs> Okay. He's really jumps around. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> sections. My yeah. goodness. It does seem we're maybe picking up on the. He, it feels like he has religion, or yeah. at least it's feeling more religion. Yeah. Um, yeah. He maybe has it on the mind or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting. That the last sentence is a bit interesting. He's saying also it would be fine not to pray at all. Either no prayers or right. straight as that. It seems like he's anti prayer a little bit. But he can tolerate it if it's just oh, man, very this, direct. There's too many layers of abstraction. I don't know what he's talking about. But I think that's, that is really interesting. That's a good point that you picked that up. Either no prayers at all. Huh. Yeah, that makes sense to me. The, the mark as I know. is Don't go overboard on Not a big on, prayer guy. It yeah. doesn't seem like prayer yeah. would really factor into his worldview in particular. Sure. Because what is, it's so obviously about the stuff you can't control. And sure. And this whole thing is about the stuff you can. Sure. But he likes this one. That's interesting. Let's let's, let's see if he, we, we come back to prayers and we have some second dot to connect the line with. Yeah. Sure. I feel like this will be interesting if, if he talks about prayers in the future. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, tucking away for the future. Not a big prayer guy. That makes sense. But but if you're going to pray, yeah, he, be direct. He has some opinions about yeah. what a prayer should be like. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Number eight. Just as you overhear people saying that, quote, the doctor prescribed such and such for him, like riding or cold bath or <laughs> barefoot, say this. Nature prescribed illness for him or blindness nice. <laughs> or the loss of a limb or whatever. Their prescribed means something like ordered so as to further his recovery and so too here what happens to each of us is ordered. it furthers our destiny so cool and when we describe things as taking place we're we're talking like builders who say that blocks in a wall or a pyramid take their place in the structure and fit together in a harmonious pattern for there is a single harmony just as the world forms a single body comprising all bodies so fate forms a single purpose comprising all even complete illiterates acknowledge it when they say that something brought on this or that. Brought on, yes, or prescribed it. And in that case, let's accept it as we accept what the doctor prescribes. It may not always be pleasant, but we embrace it because we want to get well. Look at the accomplishment of nature's plans in that light, the way you look at your own health, and accept what happens even if it seems hard to accept. Accept it because of what it leads to, the good health of the world, and the well-being and prosperity of Zeus himself, okay. who would not have brought this on anyone unless it brought benefit to the world as a whole. No nature would do that, bring something about that wasn't beneficial to what it governed. So there are two reasons to embrace what happens. One is that it's happening to you. It was prescribed for you, and it pertains to you. The thread was spun long ago by the oldest cause of all. The other reason is that what happens to an individual is a cause of well-being in what directs the world, of its well-being, its fulfillment, of its very existence even. Because the whole is damaged if you cut away anything at all Mm -hmm. from its continuity and its coherence. Not only its parts, but its purposes. And that's what you're doing when you complain, hacking and destroying. (laughs) 
book five is a banger <laughs> book five is amazing i agree yes I have oh my more, goodness more to this too i like the, the the little bit at the beginning about just as doctors prescribe yeah so too does nature prescribe Na- nature prescribed blindness yes, and nature that prescribed the loss of a limb for you <laughs> yeah yeah. Okay, so it's very, like, Hindu. You are one of, a part of everything else. Yes. Destiny, fate, all of that. It's more opinionated. I feel like he waffles back and forth on if nature is good or nature is neutral. Oh. And yeah. Is this pyramid, Do we are we into the pyramid? I guess the pyramid is supposed to be a cool thing that we're yeah, supposed to the, like. I think we're supposed to, yeah, the, the pyramid we like is, being a brick in the wall. is the majesty of the design. Okay. Like, this one is clearly on the side of, Nature is good. When you right. complain about nature, you are violating the good pattern. Hacking and destroying. You are hacking and destroying yeah. just by complaining. Which, yeah. I, yeah, it's, you're, you're right to point that out. I guess personally, I just think I think nature is neutral. It's, it's fine. Yeah. I, it's I think that is more, bad. That's our modern conception of it yeah. more. He's invoking Zeus specifically more yeah. than he, he uh, yeah. has historically. Book five, he's gained religion. Yeah. Yeah, Zeus has shown up. Yeah. So now everything good. Yeah, nature good more so than nature neutral is what we're getting here. Is he arguing that you shouldn't do what the doctor prescribes? <laughs> that seems weird. I don't think so. Are you not hacking and destroying by riding your horse and walking barefoot? Those aren't complaints. I think to him, going to the oh, doctor when you're sick I see. is natural. You should. It's normal to want to live ah, and persist. But it's not natural to complain. Yeah, that's the funny <laughs> thing, is that everything's fine. Everything's normal, except when you complain, basically. Mm. That's disrespectful, because mm. that's the thing that you're really in control of. And like to him, going to the doctor, you're in control of going to the doctor, too. But it's actually right and good. You should want to live, because that's a normal part of being a human, basically. But... Mm. There's no reason to complain. Complaining is pointless. And all you're doing is hacking and destroying the beautiful pyramid that you're a part of. Or whatever. I think this can be interpreted either way, but I agree with your interpretation. About that. About, okay, just because nature prescribed you a a lost limb doesn't mean you shouldn't try to not take that prescription. (laughs) Yes. By, by, I don't know, whatever the antidote for a lost limb is. (laughs) Prosthetic. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think he's just saying, Give you're up. sick, yeah. be sick. Yeah. Okay. So he's just saying, don't be sad about it. Yeah. In, in some ways, to me, this is, if you want to boil down the whole thing we've read in this whole book yeah. into a single bullet point, yeah. this is it. Yeah. Do what the world tells you to do. Yeah. But the only thing that's like a waste of time is the stuff where you just complain. Agitation. Yeah. There's yeah. no point in that. All that matters is what you choose to do. So just go along with the stuff the world is telling you to do and quit complaining about it because it doesn't do any good. That's nice. Yeah. I think that is probably about as clearly as he has stated like a sort of thesis of the whole thing is is here. It's well written. I can see. Yeah. This is getting. Yeah. It does. He is getting a little more lyrical or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There is a single harmony just as the world forms a single body comprising all bodies. So fate forms a single purpose comprising all purposes. Yeah. He's getting very. Getting um, eloquent. And very. It's not just on the personal level. It's like, here's how the universe works, guys. Yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. He jumps between here's how the universe works and. And, Marcus, be be quicker on the uptake. Snappy. 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 Yes. All right. Number nine, not to feel exasperated or defeated or despondent because your days aren't packed with wise and moral actions. There we go. But to get back up when you fail, 
to celebrate behaving like a human, however imperfectly. Nice. And fully embrace the pursuit that you've embarked on. Marcus, I okay. love this. I love this, this and it's great. tell that to yeah. yourself yeah. two yeah. chapters ago. I have ago. a guy for you to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This goes on. And to not think of philosophy as your instructor, but as the sponge and egg white that that we ophthalmia. You're such a good reader. I'm so glad you're listening, not me. <laughs> that is a guess. I don't know what ophthalmia is. It seems like an eye disease. Um, it's the thing that you would, yeah, sponge okay. and egg white. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. As the sponge and egg white that re relieve ophthalmia as a soothing ointment, a warm lotion. Not showing off your obedience to the logos, but resting. Remember, okay. philosophy requires only what your nature already demands. What you've been after is something else again, something unnatural. Wow. But what could be preferable? That's exactly how pleasure, trap, pleasure traps us, isn't it? Wouldn't magnanimity be preferable? Or freedom, honesty, prudence, piety? And is there something preferable to thought itself, to logic, to understanding? Think of their sure-footedness, their fluent stillness. Wow. This is getting... <laughs> this yeah. is awesome. Okay. Yes. So, so first, first paragraph is, you're human, and, which is awesome. And, 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 it's a great statement. Yeah. Very and, modern. And, yes, very modern. And also, I really celebrate that. Like, when you make mistakes, when you don't adhere to your philosophy, not only d don't beat yourself up, but actually be like, hey, wow, this is a part of being human. Like, yeah. Like, revel in it. I love that. Did someone else write this? Is this the same guy? <laughs> it does feel like either he's had a major breakthrough or somebody else has gotten to him. I guess this is a book to a testament to that imperfection because he yeah. goes back and forth and yeah. sometimes he forgets this and yeah. maybe that's part of the beauty. Yeah. And, and then, then we get this guide on how to use philosophy right. in, in your life, which is something that he, it, this is like meta commentary in a way that he doesn't, yeah. he hasn't given us that much of, okay, I'm writing all this philosophy, but how do you square it with your actions? Yeah. And I like this analogy of it's not like, it's not your instructor. It's a ball. It's like that is cool. Yeah, it's something to help yourself when you need the comfort, but That's it's cool. not like you're wrong to think that it's like some prescriptive set of actions you're supposed to take all the time. Wow. Um, yeah. That's really interesting because I think we have been reading this through a lens of instructor. Totally. Yes. He seems so much of the time it's so prescriptive and so about yeah. do this, not that. And the balm analogy is interesting because you don't. This was your comment earlier. You don't use the balm when things are good. Yeah. If you're if you don't have ophthalmia, <laughs> then there's no reason to apply a sponge and egg white. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, lovely. So universal and yet so also dated in the same <laughs> sponge and egg white to relieve ophthalmia. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and, 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 the, and the idea that... Sorry, I'm just going to keep going. No, go the ahead. idea that philosophy is an instructor is a pleasure trap? That's what he's saying? I, I think what he's saying... So, so he says he has this bit at the end of that paragraph about what you've been after is something else again, something unnatural. By contrast to the idea that philosophy requires only what your nature already demands. So I think what he's telling himself is, hey, you've been beating yourself up because you've been expecting too much. You've been wanting mm -hmm. something in your life that mm -hmm. is not how the world works, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you've, and part of that has been that you've been using philosophy too much. You think that your philosophy is going to unlock some whole new way of living for you, yeah. and it's the wrong way of thinking about philosophy. It's yeah. just a ball. It's not. Yeah, it's not some new set of prescriptions. So you've been wishing for something 
It's too much. You've been in a pleasure trap. Yes, that's the pleasure trap, basically. You love philosophy, Marcus. I know you love philosophy. That's true. And you think it's going to solve all your problems, but you're wrong. Okay, so bookmark this, highlight it three times, (laughs) and just let's see how much she changes after writing this. (laughs) Yes, and also how many entries would this be a good response? Like, how many times would Marcus write something? Could I say, yes, but what about book 5.9, Marcus, where you made this good point? How many chapters from this chapter... How soon is he going to start telling himself that he needs to hurry <laughs> and that he's not good enough? I suspect that he will do write something that feels like a contradiction, at least to our minds, within the next, like certainly within this book and probably yeah. before we reach bullet point 20 in this book. Yeah. 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 I agree. Should Let's find do... out. Yeah. Let's do one more. Let's do one more. Yeah. Number 10. Things are wrapped in such a veil of mystery that many good philosophers have found it impossible to make sense of them. Even the Stoics have trouble. <laughs> okay. Any assessment we make is subject to alteration, just as we are ourselves. Look closely at them, how impermanent they are, how meaningless. Things that a pervert can own, a whore, a thief. What? <laughs> Wait. I don't, I don't know what the them in this sentence is. Uh, Assessments? I think yes. The assessments are subjective. Okay. Anyone can own them. Anyone can have assessments. Even perverts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm not really following you yet, Marcus, but he (laughs) continues. Then look at the way people around you behave. Even the best of them are hard to put up with. Not to mention putting up with yourself. Is it okay? All right, Marcus. Jeez, okay. Pump the brakes. (laughs) In such deep darkness, such a sewer... In the flux of material of time, motion, and things moved, I don't know what there is to value or to work for. Quite the contrary. We need to comfort ourselves and wait for dissolution, and not get impatient in the meantime, Okay. but take refuge in these two things. One, nothing can happen to me that isn't natural. Two, I can keep from doing anything that God and my own spirit don't approve. No one can force me. Okay. Wow. Okay. This one. Okay. I got it. Yeah. yeah, We need, I need, let's work through this. All right. Uh, Things are wrapped in a veil of mystery. Yeah. I really like the first sentence where he's like, (laughs) life's crazy. Even philosophers can't figure it out. Yep. Which is funny to me because, yeah, duh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess it almost is funny for the opposite reason. Philosophers can't figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. We know. The Stoics have trouble. Yeah, okay. that is funny. Anyway, yeah. yeah, it's like when a yeah, it's like when a kid says the opposite. I didn't eat any chocolate. Yeah, it almost indicates that he thought the opposite. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah, what were the what were the assumptions you came into this book with? That right, people, everyone does have life figured out, Marcus. I love yeah. any time Marcus does a list. It's funny. Yeah, <laughs> a pervert, a whore, and a thief. Yes, <laughs> can have an assessment. Those at least are more like modern. Yeah, that list makes sense to modern ears. Whatever, it's not those. They aren't really terms we use as much anymore. But sometimes those lists involve groups of objects where I don't even understand what the similarity between the objects. Yeah, is. at least with this one, I'm like, okay, he means bad people or people he perceives as being. I wish war wasn't on the list. Yeah, so that's that is fine. an example of the one we wouldn't. Yeah, do as much anymore. Okay. Um, then look at okay. the way people around you behave. Even the best of them are hard to put up with. I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's really dark, really fast. Here. Yeah. Not to mention putting up with yourself. Okay, so how, what is the segue between 
Life is confusing. Assessments are subject to alteration. It's hard. The world is just a confusing place. And and hard to put up with. And and all your judgments of the world are, like, kind of just, like, shit, basically. Like, whatever you came up with, it's probably wrong. And it's going to change. The world is more complicated than you think it is. And everybody, your assessments are trash. And, by the way, so everybody else is dealing with this problem, too. I right. think there's a way of looking at this is actually like we should be sympathetic to people because everybody is dealing with a set of assessments sure. that is totally inadequate to the challenge that life presents them with. Yeah. And not only do we have to put up with all these other shitty people who have no idea what's going on. Also, we don't know what's going on. It's hard. So, yeah. So why, why even bother? Yeah. Why even make an effort to do anything in this crazy Yeah overwhelming place yeah we live yeah yep but there are these two truths that are seem to be like close to his axiomatic fundamental truths of the universe yeah number one is probably like his catchphrase alma mater yeah Yeah, exactly and then number two is interesting but it also seems very yeah quintessential to his perspective that no, no one can force you to do anything that violates your, your moral compass yeah yeah okay this section reminds me of the existentialism mm-hmm. the the sort of outcome of existential okay oh my gosh nothing matters oh right. no yeah and then the outcome is yes that's true you have to do both you have to accept that nothing matters yeah and you have to still do stuff yeah as if, despite as if it matters as if it matters yeah. despite the fact that you have to yeah that's the yeah, hold, answer to life. Hold this dissonance. Yeah. Yes. Which is effectively what he's saying here. Although not not quite. He's saying quite the contrary. He's saying, so the whole first section yeah. is everything sucks. And yeah. then he's quite the contrary. We need to <laughs> comfort the, ourselves and wait for dissolution. Wait for dissolution. I think that, that sentence, we need to comfort ourselves and wait for dissolution, is a, it seems like it's a pretty crucial part of this entry, and I don't know that I totally follow it. What is dissolution? Dissolution to be dissolved. I assume that means to die and rejoin the world. That, yeah. That, okay. Maybe this is just a weird translation, but I, I think he really is saying what we should do is, even though we're humans and life is crazy, we should just take a breath. Try to be as comfortable as we can yeah. during life yeah. and do our thing and just like when our time comes, great. Now, you, now you don't have to deal okay, with... That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Dissolution. Yeah. Such a weird way to talk about death, but yeah. okay. I yeah. think that's what he means. Right. You know? <laughs> but also that's a bleak perspective on life. The point of life is to try to be comfortable to the extent until, that you can with the crazy yeah, world until it's you finally for time death. for you to die. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's in line with what he said in the past. But two entry, the last entry, he was saying there's stuff worth celebrating about being human. human. And this sounds very much like being human is something that you tolerate the best you can until it's finally blessedly over. I guess comfort ourselves is a way, is a celebration maybe is a proxy for comfort ourselves. Yeah, Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, that's fair. Comfort is, yeah, you can interpret it. I think there's a modern interpretation of comfort, which is just about not feeling bad. Yeah, just, but there's maybe yeah. a broader reading of comfort that's more about all the stuff we enjoy of life. We can look at as the comforts of life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I think that's a good point. In such deep darkness, such a sewer, <laughs> in the <laughs> flux of material, of time, of motion, of things moved. He's getting very <laughs> emo for a minute there. Yeah. 
I still it's existential. Yeah. yeah, and I mean the yeah, there's something about cognitive dissonance that's really coming to mind here for me. Like at the point you bring up with existentialism, it feels like we we hold that a similar kind of dissonance with Marcus from entry yeah. to entry. I guess that's the big meta point. Okay, my perspective is Marcus is is on a roll. He's, Marcus is on a roll. He's spitting hot fire. He really is. Uh, <laughs> he's unstoppable. Yeah, he has something in his life, possibly an embarrassment at a theater, has really yeah. uh, inspired him. And yeah, so just think... to get you audience members uh, excited <laughs> about the next reading, yes, it starts it. with, "What am I doing with my soul?" Question mark. Okay, cool. Let's leave it there, and we'll pick that back up next episode. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.